Uncorked, another podcast brought to you by Team Corker. I am so honored to bring the Corker Collective to the front of the mic today because Lily is our very own graphic designer and creative genius. Lily is the one who is editing these podcasts weekly, and we have brought her to the front of the mic this week to share the stories which she so vulnerably shares about life as a creative genius. Life is a creative child and how it impacts how Lily navigates the world today. I have experienced firsthand what it's like to ask Lily questions about how she's feeling and to watch her brain turn over in ways that are just different than everyone else. I appreciate Lily for being the student and the teacher that she is to me and with me and I am excited for a very you know, juicy journey wherever our paths in this road will take us. So some highlights and insight into both the creative work as a child, the genius that is Lily, and a sneak peek into life at the Corker Collective. Enjoy. All right, Lily, we're on. What's up? What's up? (laughs) So Lily, everyone knows and loves, is always on the other end of the mic. And I reached out and said, Lily, we need to put you on the calendar and we need to put you on the front end of the mic, not on the editing side of the mic. So thank you for everything you do to bring all of the other podcasts to life. But this one's all about you, my friend. Oh, Steph, thank you. And I'm going to edit out all the bad parts or keep them in. Bad is the new good. (laughs) That is the new good, but imperfect is the perfect and there's no such thing as bad. I think we tell you that all the time, no good and bad. And there are just so many stories and so many different avenues to riff with you on because as we're learning how to communicate together, I was just sharing with you that I love that your way of communicating is in metaphors that have me captivated and fully understand what you're saying. And sometimes it's about very deep and dark moments in life and other times it's about why you're designing the way you're designing and so I want to start there and just ask do you remember the moment in time you were able to communicate using metaphors in such a beautiful way oh thank you I actually get my way of speaking from my father who is very very talkative he will talk at you (laughs) for five hours straight never ending and so I remember being really good at dissociating because of it you had to as a little kid you can't pay attention for that long but the things that would bring me back were his metaphors that would bring me back to like earth but my father has been through a lot and so he always would input metaphors that were very on the other side of the scale like it could be anything it could be like about eating dinner or whatever. And he, he, he would compare it to the war, you know, like everything, it was always like ride or die with him. It was always like an extreme or another extreme. And so, you know, I've learned using metaphors and using the specific metaphors that my father used to use that the extremes don't always work. And people are like, did you just compare this worksheet I'm designing to the war? Like that doesn't make sense. So I've actually learned to tone it back from the way that my dad spoke, but that's where I get it actually is is my dad. 
Who dad? Well, I think we learn a lot during childhood undeniably. And so, you know, we, we pack those things with us, good, bad, and otherwise. You also have a brilliant way of being impeccable and of recognizing detail like none other and honing a craft to a point of perfection. And of course, at the Corker Co., we get the benefit of that. And yet I know that it exists everywhere else in your life as well. Um, if you follow cheese on the gram, cheese is perfection. <laughs> we have um, to say that cheese is my dog. <laughs> cheese is your dog. That's right. Do you remember where honing perfection came from? I don't know. I don't really remember where that came from per se, but I do remember being a kid who just got it. Like I understood things very quickly. In fact, before kindergarten, even I knew, I knew my math, I knew like multiplication, division, all that stuff. I knew how to read. I knew everything that basically you learn in elementary school. I knew going into kindergarten. And so it kind of allowed me to hone my perfectionism more because I wasn't spending time learning things in school. I was spending time perfecting things. Mm. And so it made me act out a lot as a kid because I remember coming home after my first kindergarten class, coming home, my mom picked me up and I was crying, Steph. I was crying because I thought that I was in trouble, that I was sent to this room. I thought it was like a room at the, it was the classroom, but I was sent to a room full of people who didn't know how to read. And I thought I was sent to some sort of like at the time, I guess the equivalent would be like, if I were to send you to like an asylum and you're like, I don't really belong here. <laughs> you know, that's how I felt like going into kindergarten. I was like, I don't belong here. I remember doing things like I would go up to like the teachers who were teaching me and, and I would say, like one in particular, I was like, hey, I know that we're about to do this spelling test, but just like, so you know, this is kind of too easy for me. And I'm not really in the mood to keep doing these tests. <laughs> I said it so straight to this teacher. And you know what she did? She punished me for saying that to her. She took me away from the class. So the class all got to sit in a circle and do the test. And then I had to sit alone doing this test all by myself. And I was like, is that really the way that you are handling what I just told you? Like I was so hurt. Mm -hmm. And so honestly, what I did was I took this test and I wrote in big letters across it. And I was like, maybe in grade one or two, <laughs> I wrote in big letters, this teacher sucks. And I just handed that in. And then I went about my day, whatever. <laughs> and then she called me up to her desk and she said, do you think this is funny? And I was just like, well, you didn't listen to me. I told you I like cannot do this test because it's too easy and it's just like kind of a waste of both of our times and then I was sent to the office obviously and then my mom <laughs> my mom had this thing with the with the principal of my elementary school where they would from then on because I was acting out too much they would put me in classes that were like split classes so I was always in a class with a grade higher than me and so that got me really excited because I was like oh great like maybe I'll get to see something that I don't know yet. And then I remember just looking over at what the uh, year above me was learning and just feeling so disheartened because I was like, oh, I know that too. So now I'm in this position where I'm like, okay, I know that this year I'm not going to learn anything. And I know that next year I'm not going to learn anything. And I remember just getting to grade seven and being, and that was the last year in our elementary school was grade seven before high school. 
and just being like, man, like this is it. I'm in grade seven and I still haven't really learned anything and nobody listens to me. And I just felt so like, uh, what was the point of everything, Mm. you know? And then, so then, yeah, then I got excited for going to high school. I was like, okay, different school. We're going to like learn things. It's going to be great. I like really fell in love with like math because it started getting tricky at around grade 10. It started getting like exciting for me because I really loved math. So I guess my perfectionism just comes from that. I had so much time because I would finish things that what else are you supposed to do? Really? So let's just honor that we all have a childhood And it's incredible that you can remember 20 years ago in your life so vividly. You can remember writing things on tests. You can remember the feelings of not being trusted. You can remember the feeling of not being heard. You can remember what it felt like to know that you know things and no one else gets it it's almost the sense of like, I don't fit in here because I've already got it. I've got this figured out. And I'm wondering if you fast forward 20 years, how does this show up in your adult life? I think it shows up in a negative way. And this is why, because I have always in my scholastic years been in a situation where things came easy. Mm. And so I never really put any effort into things that did not come easy. Hmm. I mean, besides gymnastics, I would say like when I got into gymnastics, that was a struggle because you're not kind of like born knowing the splits. You're not kind of born knowing how to like do a somersault or whatever. So like, I was just like, whoa, like I'm learning things and addicted to gymnastics because I saw the fruits of my labor. Unlike Mm -hmm. any other way, like there was no other place in my life where I was able to see the fruits of my labor. And I think I wish that school wasn't a grading system because I was all about that A and not about the experience Mm. of it all. Mm -hmm. Like, I think if I approached school and and it was less about grades, because when I saw it about grades, I was getting straight A's. I didn't see the point of school. I was just like, whatever. Like, I already get all this. Mm. Um, But if I approached it in the sense that like how my old music teacher, Tim, he said, school is just a place that you go to like, learn how to like interact. And I, and I was just like, whatever, Tim, you don't know what you're talking about, but I wish I approached school that way. And I wish I can approach life that way. But what ends up happening, Steph, is I lose interest so fast in things that I do not immediately get. Mm. Because I don't think there was enough times in my life where I put the effort in and then I saw the fruits of my labor, Mm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, fascinating did you do a gifted test no but they they would create like programs for me as a kid just because I was acting out so much so I would get sent to other schools and I would like read and write and like they made up like I would go with the first nations kids and I would learn how to bead so there were there were kind of like things that were kind of cool about it like one of the things was like during English, when everyone was learning English, I would actually go with the librarian to the library Mm -hmm. and I was able to write my own books. And I had a section in my school library that was me. Like I was the author and kids could check out my books. That felt so cool to me. Yes. Gosh, that is so rad. Well, you know, it's fascinating. And I love, I mean, I don't even know who listens to our podcast, but I think that if you're a parent 
with a child like Lily, it's beautiful to know that the future is so bright and just invest in therapy along the way. And if you're in school or out of school and, and can relate to these kinds of feelings, it is so important. You know, we recently recorded a podcast with Ben Miller, who's the founder of Worth. And Worth are hats made in Vancouver to support the conversations of therapy and counseling. And this isn't, I'm not putting therapy and counseling on you by any means, Lily. It's just to say that we have these experiences and unless we deal with them and understand them, then we can grow up and be plowing through the world, feeling like what's the next version of an A, you know, it comes up so often with goal setting, even that if you're so obsessed with the end result or that grade or the time on the clock or the money in the bank, you miss life, you miss out on life. And, and as a child, we might experience it one way. And then as adults, we're like, wait a minute, this is it. And I remember my grandparents one time telling me that, you know, you really have to enjoy these weddings because as soon as weddings and baby showers are over, the next thing that you're celebrating are funerals. And it oh really my. hit me that like, this is life. Life are these moments because the next chapter of celebration becomes funerals. And I try so hard to relish each day and not be so committed to some proverbial finish line, but it's also hard for me. I hear you. I feel you in that, you know, we want to rush until we say, what are we rushing for? Where are we rushing to? And it's not as easy as a light switch. And I think it takes a ton of courage to just be in that conversation, not know the answer, just be in the conversation of it. So I love you for being able to talk about all these things. And, you know, of course, you are so impeccable and have done such a phenomenal job of taking the Corker Co. brand and elevating it and changing it and upgrading it and coming up with new. And you hold us to a standard that is so beautifully high. I feel like maybe I'm like a teacher. You're like, this is boring. And (laughs) (laughs) yet the beautiful thing is we have things like podcasts that you get to edit and and do that are always and ever changing. And I hope I don't listen back to this and go, Oh my gosh, I just sound like, cause I never want it to come off. Like I'm bragging. Like I'm never, I'm never like school was so easy for me. Like I, I'm, I'm never saying it as a brag. It's just like how I was feeling in the moment and nobody ever cares how the straight A student is feeling. Cause right. you're just like, you've got it. Like, stop talking about your feelings, like go yeah. away. Like yeah. you and I were just talking about emotions before the podcast we hit record but that was another time where I felt like I couldn't talk to what I was feeling in the moment because teachers were like, can you just get in line, please? You know, shut up and sit down kind of thing. And, you know, you can't go to other students around you who clearly are struggling on the other end of things. Like I believe me, I get it because I was tutoring a lot. Yeah. I see how that affects you, but I was just also really feeling what I was feeling and nobody cared. (laughs) Right. Well, and then fast forward. And so here you are elevating our brand. And I remember very early on in our Zoom chats, I was like, Lily, tell me how you're feeling. And you were mute. And you always have a story, an antidote. You have something to tell me. And I was like, no, but tell me how you're feeling. And you were like, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. And I just thought, what has this beautiful woman tongue-tied? And it wasn't even about being tongue-tied as much as perhaps this suffocation of feelings for so long, for people not caring. And now you're, I'll say I'm your friend, your boss is on the other side (laughs) saying, tell me how you're really feeling. And 
there's so many areas of life, but I want to know, and there's no better place in this podcast to riff on what it's like working with the Corker Co when we're obsessed with knowing things like how you're feeling. Oh my gosh, Steph, it is the most annoying thing in the most beautiful way. Yeah, <laughs> Can I say? Yeah, yeah because oh, I'm be so honest. Yeah, because like it is what I need, obviously. Mm. You're kind of like vitamins I'm taking. Ah, <laughs> that's so beautiful. <laughs> You're like, oh, I don't want to do it, but I have to do it because it's good for me. <laughs> it's good for me, damn it. <laughs> right. So that's what it feels like. But I also want to say, like, I'm learning a lot from you, obviously, like, or maybe not, it's not obvious to you, but I am learning a lot from you. And it's like nice to have a boss who is so caring of how I'm feeling because mm. it is all of a sudden like, speaking in metaphors again you're kind of like a crossing guard and you're like wait a minute wait mm-hmm. you know every other person in my life has just been like move along move along here we go and then you're just like a crossing guard and you're like wait a minute how are you feeling and you've changed things up for me ah interesting it's I mean I'll take a crossing guard you know there's a few I have dream jobs that I would have had and like I just love that crossing guards got to spend their mornings outside Like, I just think that would have been so fun. And do you know what I have no time for is road rage. People that get mad. I'm like, you just never know where people are at in their life. And I feel like you can't get mad at a crossing guard. Like they're walking these little ducklings across the street. So just let the ducklings quack across the street, you know? And so I say this because I would never want to be a stopping point, but I would want to be a protection point. And I think that's where it comes from of like, let's make sure everything's okay. And how are you feeling in it? And I'm mindful of, it's like the paradox that comes with on one side, I don't want to talk about my feelings and here's my container of vitamins. And she's telling me I have to take one every day. And this like sense of have to, you know, it's not something we love to talk about at the Corker Code. Like you don't have to do anything, but I hope you want to is the goal that like we get to. And what I love is that we have had this beautiful opportunity to get crunchy. I'm like, Lily, no, why this? And you're like, Steph, I'm just straight up. And I think it's so beautiful because it's created a sense of depth and trust that I'm like, we are so in this together that feels really special to be committed to being in the work together. And I recognize that does not happen at every workplace. I recognize that it's much easier to, you know, put things in a box or give up on relationships instead of like really staying in it when it feels crunchy. And and I say this with all the love and the truth, because I think these are the kinds of conversations we don't have often enough, you know, and especially at the Corker Co, we're dealing about manager training. And we're like, we don't recognize that manager training might actually have something to do with how your kindergarten teacher talk to the people that you work with. We can't delineate these dots, you know? Totally, totally, yeah. totally, yeah. Can we flip from the past and go to the future for a minute? Let's do it. To the moon. I want to know what you dream about, Lily. I want to know about what you dream about creating and doing in the world. I want to know what the most unbridled sense of Lily's imagination, where does it go to? Mm, It goes to me just like on all the beaches in the world. Mm. (laughs) I love a good beach. You know, I just moved to the beach recently and so I'm there every day as you know and I'm not shy to talk about and it really just feels like that's where I can find my stillness 
Mm. and be with myself and just like I often say that my favorite social media app is my notes app on my phone (laughs) and I and it's because like there is where I write my quote-unquote status updates and that's what going to the beach feels like and I will say that the notes app is the best social media app because 100% of the people on that app like your status there's Lily for us there is Lily I ask about the future because you are so beautiful at designing and creating for the future. And while there has been so much that has come to your life to bring you to this moment, it is incredibly powerful and so beautiful that you still see a very beautiful future. You are not caught or stuck in the past. You dream and dreams are never to be taken for granted. And I love that you love the beach and I love that you love cheese and and your special people in your life. I'm wondering, maybe from a professional perspective, though, you know, I never like to categorize things that way. Where do you go for inspiration? Where do you go to fill your creative cup and your, and your juices? And it it can be a person, a place, a site, you name it. Yeah. Yeah. So when I'm in like a a lull and I don't, it depends. It depends what's happening. What is happening that I'm in this lull? If I'm emotionally in a lull where I'm just like, I can't today. I can't with anything. Not right now. Music is what saves me. I throw music on. I dance in my living room. The dancing just brings me alive, especially if it's reggaeton. (laughs) I just cannot, I I just love it so much. It brings me alive. And then, you know, I see that I'm more picked up and then I can go and like continue to work or whatever. If I am actively working on something, like I just can't get through a problem or like if I'm Photoshopping something and I just like cannot figure out how to, how to manipulate the photo in a way that I want. Oftentimes I'll just like walk away from it. You know, usually my brainwaves happen in the shower the best. So I'll like maybe go take a shower and then like throw music on and I'll be dancing in the shower or whatever. And then, and then the ideas come to me and I'm like, oh, that's how you do it. I knew all along. I just, I just couldn't get there in my brain because I was too into the problem. And I feel like most people know this. You just kind of step away from the problem and, and think about it. But for me, stepping away from the problem means either, yeah, like taking a shower or going to the beach. Hmm. I think water is a theme here. (laughs) Water is a theme and, and a pause. Like what I'm hearing is like, I don't stay stuck and try to like hit a rock. I'm going to stop. I'm going to get new perspective and I'm going to come back to it. And there is something beautiful that I hear that you're, it's like, you trust thyself. Things will come. It will come back. It's like the idea will come. The new way of being will come. Just give me a moment. Let me get there. So that's, something very beautiful to remember and take note of that it's not always this push or this grind to get to where we want to go. Like the creative process needs air. It needs space to breathe. Yes. Yeah. And it's like a lesson I've learned a long time ago was like to step away. Like if I, if I'm like, I need a 20 minute nap, I need a 20 minute nap. I'm just all about that stepping away life. And, and it just makes me work so much faster when I get to the computer. Right. Yeah, of course. Faster, and I know where I'm going with it. And there's like yeah. all these things. Yeah. All right. I have one more question as this relates to Lily before the Corker Co., Lily at the Corker Co., maybe Lily beyond the Corker Co. And that is your relationship with goal setting. And I ask because for so long, I mean, I've had one way of goal setting, if you will. And I'm recognizing the more people I talk to and interact with, how everyone has their own relationship with 
setting goals, with how they go about them, with what feels right or juicy and and what feels not right for them. And I love that it feels like you really have a lily way. And I'm wondering if you'd be up for sharing that, your relationship, your way of goals. Sure. For me, when I set a goal, I'm, I'm a big list maker. So I, you know, right now the, the window that's just behind me to my left, it has like my list of things that are, I hate the term to-do list, but that's what it is in the most basic sense. And they get done. As long as it's on the list, it gets done. Like we do this now. I'm like a robot. And so that's how, you know, if I'm really serious about a goal, if it's in a list. <laughs> and also speaking about like tools I use, a lot of times my goals are tied to like financial, like say I had a pre-COVID, I had a, a goal to get to somewhere in the world. And I'm like, okay, so I need $500 for this. I use the Coho app, K-O-H-O. And it's kind of like a visa gift card type of dealio, but it's not a gift card. It's like an actual visa that you put money on. And then you can, you can have goals within the app. So say I put $100 into the app for this month. I can have it be like, okay, like I'm going to put a dollar a day towards this goal. And then on this other goal, I'm going to put $2 a day. And then on this other goal, blah, blah, blah. And then eventually over time, you just keep putting cash into this coho thing. And then it'll alert you like, oh, by the way, you hit your goal. And then I can go do that goal guilt-free because it's not eating out of my savings. It's just, I've been working towards it. I love it. And, you know, also I want to say like me coming to the Corker Co, I, I had already like kind of achieved a lot of my goals that I was working on being like, you know, live by the beach, get a dog, get a job that I can travel the world and still do. And that, you know, I have you to thank for that because the goal has always been for me to travel the world. <laughs> That's just what in my heart, what I know is right. And I'm sure a lot of people feel the same because I always hear it. I want to travel, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so I've just kind of been slowly putting together these pieces. And I remember when I was a kid, I was riding the bus home one time and I looked outside the window and there was this like woman who was maybe about my age now, like mid twenties or whatever. And she was walking with her groceries and just walking on the sidewalk. And I remember like as a kid looking out and just seeing that and creating a whole story for her. I was like, look at this woman. She's like living alone. And obviously I don't know any of this, but it's what my kid brain made. I was like, she's living alone. She went out and like bought groceries groceries that she wanted with like her own money and she's just like walking on the sidewalk it was kind of getting dark and she didn't care about creeps she was just unapologetically going home with groceries and I was like I need to be that <laughs> and so that was always kind of the goal it was like get out of home like live alone and go buy the groceries that you freaking want to buy because like we were like really poor growing up. I think I told you like we would eat mustard on bread. Like that was meals. You know, it was just like really hard growing up because we came from another country. Like, isn't that funny? That was just like a goal that I had it was like, go buy groceries, live alone. And that was it. Yeah. <laughs> that was huge to me. The day that I was able to like walk home with groceries, I was like, look at me, little Lily. Look yeah. at me. I'm doing it. <laughs> you are doing it. You know, Lily, you're doing it. And we're in the midst of COVID and you are trapped in your home by the beach in Vancouver, <laughs> unable to fly and travel the world. And I think that we need to put a date in the calendar from for one year from today. When I hope we can record another podcast that you will still be with the Corker Co, but hopefully on a beach somewhere far, far away. And we can look back and say, how has it changed? 
how has your life changed? Because there is something super powerful to feeling like I've achieved these goals or I'm living into the list. And what's really, really special and so powerful is like life on the other side of that. And the fact that you are taking such a conscious effort to create it is what keeps me in awe and you do it beautifully and you do it perfectly and you do it bluntly and we're going to relish and learn how to dance and all of that. So whether you are, or you aren't with the Corker Co in a year, I do hope you're traveling the world and we will record another podcast, but it would be really great if you could edit it. <laughs> of course. Oh my gosh. That's uh, so funny. Yeah. My, my boyfriend calls me a straight shooter. <laughs> You are a straight shooter. Yes, I can only imagine. I mean, he must be a straight shooter to take it. <laughs> no, he's, I would say he's more like you, like a Care Bear, like, yeah. Mel and I could be competing Care Bears. Like we might have different colored tummies, you know? Yes, for sure. Yeah, for sure. yeah. Well, as you know, we wrap every podcast with our favorite question. And that is today in this moment, while we are recording, what is making your heart beat faster, Lily? Oh man, do you know what it is? Tell me. It's the fact that I'm so in love with ripples and seeing the ripples that I create. Like if I just mention something and then seeing that person mention it to someone else who mentions it to someone else and you're just like, whoa, like I did that with like a sentence. I love that. Well, kind of the reason I bring this up is because this is a huge ripple. Mm. So what happened for me to get to the Corkaco was that I was listening one day at my agency job to the Mark Groves podcast. It was your brother, Matt Corker, that was on there. And he was just talking and I was just like, wow, this guy gets it. Like he just, he works at somewhere called the Corker Co. And he's kind of like a light. And I'm feeling a little bit of his light through this podcast. Like, I don't even know what this guy looks like, but I just like immediately like paused the podcast. I think it was like two thirds of the way through. And I went and I looked up the Corker Co. And I was just like, are they hiring? Oh, they're not hiring, but they do have like a newsletter thing. So I like signed up. And so I was getting um, updates from Matt Corker for, I don't know, maybe like a year or two. And then I had just been at my agency job the whole time. And I just really, I wasn't happy there. And so then I just shot him an email out of the blue because of that podcast I listened to just being like, Hey, I really dig you. Wondering if you ever need like I'm a graphic designer. If I ever like fit in your life somehow, like, let me know. Like, I would love, love to just really be beside you. But I think I worded it a lot less creepy than that. And then he was just like, yeah, we, we actually have a couple projects come aboard or whatever. And it was actually for a different role. I think maybe that's where you got involved was that I was kind of maybe going to be this like other role. And I was just like, no, that's not really what I do. I mean, I'll do it, I guess. I'm more like a graphic designer. And then, and then here we are. And now I'm on the Corker Co podcast, working at the Corker Co because of a podcast episode I listened to by Mark Groves interviewing your brother. Isn't that wild? Isn't that the coolest ripple? It's a ripple and it's wild. And when you said ripple, I thought you might've riffed on how we both have just finished RuPaul's masterclass and are so obsessed and keep talking to everyone about RuPaul's masterclass and how there are nuggets of that, that we continue to learn and learn and learn again. And so you're right. It's like the past ripples meet the future ripples meet. We don't know where this will go ripples. And again, it just reminds me that these ripples are moments in time and let it not be the ripples to our funeral, you know? 
Like there's still happy moments of life to be lived. So you are the best addition. We are so grateful. Thank you for being both, you know, a student of the work and a teacher for me to remember the joy of being like human in this game together called life. So you are a treasure. Enjoy editing your own podcast. Yeah, I think there's things to think about here of what it's like to manage people that all come from different places and we'll never ever really get that until you get a lily. 